So we have actually one more presentation for you. Ramta is also a one million by one million uh, entrepreneur. And um, the company is, just as I was telling you, you're exposed to different uh, spaces. Um, Abhishek started life as a services company. I'm going to start, uh, you know, telling you the story just so we don't get the whole call disrupted because of Abhishek's technical issues. So this company started as a services company, and bootstrapping using services is a core methodology that we use in the program. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's something that works magically. Abhik Pal has also used bootstrapping with services as his methodology to get to the kind of validation and so forth that uh, we got to. Abhishek, are you okay now with your uh, call? I think so. All right, go ahead. Go ahead with your presentation. Yeah, so um, I think I'm on the first slide now. So thank you so much for this opportunity, Shamana, and uh, I'm glad that I'm here. And uh, thanks for all your help all over. And so yeah, um, I think uh, Shamana touched the right point. Uh, I started this company, uh, Investment Technologies, uh, because I didn't know what else to start. And actually, there was uh, when I started off, there was no positioning, there was no planning, uh, there was no exposure about uh, what, how we exactly figure out what to do. Uh, and therefore, web design and development was very obviously the right one sent up to we got started on it. So the company was the company started off obviously out of passion for internet. Uh, but of course, uh, it did not have a very concrete plan or uh, any kind of opposition or marketing with Shumana to strongly advocate. Uh, so I think to take you through a scenario, I'm not going to talk about the starting years of investment. I'll talk about a major transition that we made in the 2012, and that's what we call uh, investment version 2.0. So the company got started in 97, five years as a hobby, and then almost like um, eight to nine years, and then we faced a big, big challenge in around 2012. So um, what we figured out around 2012 was the company was having absolutely flat growth. Uh, it was having, uh, so first of all, what was the positioning at that time? It was just a right level outsourcing partner for digital agencies and small businesses. If you see the web design, web development, mobile application, SEO and SEM, you will find uh, 100,000 companies like this in the market today. Uh, and you can go and deal with any of them. There is no strong reason why you would choose one over another. Possibly the biggest reason would be that one site looks beautiful and the other site doesn't look great enough. So honestly speaking, there is not much positioning out there. Uh, and this led to a situation which was uh, about uh, extremely flat growth. Um, there was uh, high back debt because there were lots of clients who did not have any credit history. We were working for them. Suddenly we didn't see the clients who just vanished off the scene. Uh, we, won't, we won't be able to get in touch with them. Uh, our sales was unpredictable. It was only around $2 million, but it was unpredictable. It means we were not sure if uh, the same page, it was around 250000 a month, would be repeated the next month or the month after or the month uh, even after that. So the sales was a great extent depends upon the seasonality uh, and, and then client's business. And it was totally driven by uh, the small agencies globally. So, Abhishek, let me make one point here based on what you're saying. Um, you know, there are numerous, numerous, numerous outsourced software companies out there, software services yeah. companies out there. And um, 
Yeah. It's very difficult to differentiate. It's very difficult to get attention from customers and so forth. So this is the case study that Abhishek is presenting to you here of moving from a not terribly differentiated, relatively run-of-the-mill um, software services, outsourced software development company to something that is more differentiated and more unique and more uh, scalable is a, is a case study that lots of entrepreneurs would find relevant and it would resonate with lots of entrepreneurs here. I, I, I mean, I know there are people in the room right now as we speak who have had that situation or who are currently in that situation. So, um, so Abhishek, yeah. talk about how you managed to pivot out of that rut. Yeah. So let, let, me just, let me just set the exact situation that I was facing in 2012. A couple of more points. Uh, because of all the situation, the team was extremely demotivated. I had 400 people. Uh, my margins were getting slimmer and slimmer by the day because uh, every year the salary cost was going up, uh, but clients would pay even less and less because there was massive competition. I can actually say web design and development is the perfectly competitive marketplace uh, if you are assuming that economics. Uh, and last but not the least, I was continuously exposed to fraud and poaching. Just between 2008 and 2012, I saw at least 10 to 12 incidents within my company where a bunch of guys will come out, they will take away 5-10% of my clients, 5-10% of my team, start a new company. Uh, great for entrepreneurship as a whole, maybe, but uh, very, very bad for a business which has been running here. And uh, yes, last but not the least, the lack of management debt because I was the only management, top management guy in the company. So this was a scenario, which means that we have uh, achieved things, but we are struggling and struggling not to grow, and if you are not growing, you are dying. So what we did next uh, was something uh, something very interesting, and that's what I want to cover. So, and, and I think this is, a, uh, this is a traditional problem that every business which is growing faces at one point of time or other, then they become a commodity. And at that point of time, they need to really think through that where do they want to go and how they want to be perceived. Because if they are just perceived as a commodity, it's the beginning of the decline and possibly death of the business. And that is what we understood. And I think we understood in, in, at the right time, and that's why we survived. So what we did was, the first thing that we did was that, though we were doing digital services in a way for other companies, we were not doing it for ourselves. We understood that we ourselves need to digitize our processes, digitize our data, make sure that everything is uh, plugged. So, for example, if a is making a payment and that payment is not getting uh, streamlined to the company and that whole process is not tracked, you know, end to end, which means starting from a lead to a complete closure of the project and the request for the next project, if everything is not digitized and put into a workflow within the organization, there is a high probability that a leakage will happen and the client will actually be taken away from you, especially if it's a small client and you don't have a very special reason why a client should work for you. So one thing that was a big realization was that if you are stuck in a business that can be done by a 50-people company or that can be done by a startup and you have become large, then you are absolutely in an extremely dangerous position. So that gave us a realization that there has to be entry barrier for whatever we are doing. If any and any and every company can do exactly what we are doing, then there is no entry barrier in what we are doing. And that is, again, a very dangerous situation. And obviously what we realized, another thing is that there has to be an exit barrier for your client. So a client should stay in, stay put with you, until unless, you know, uh, you have really made it lifestyle. So you have to make sure that these two things happen, entry barrier for your competition and exit barrier for your client, and that is what we started doing. 
The first thing was basically plug the gaps using, uh, you know, plug the gaps in the system. Sorry. Second was we put in the accounts and MIS department retail. Uh, we made accounts the central stage of the company because accounts actually control and can give us a pulse of the entire organization. If we don't put all the data points into the account system, what will actually happen is that everyone controls the system. There is no central uh, sense of direction to the organization. There is no central repository of data. There is no central repository of time. So what we created was a central repository which controls everything in the MIS department, which could do reporting on top of this, and each reporting signifying where we stand, what's going wrong, what's going right, what can be fixed, why it should be fixed, and how it can be fixed. So unless these two things are put up, and you don't need to really be a rocket scientist to do it. I started with a simple spreadsheet where all the invoices were logged in, and I used to start making out reports from the invoices, and then track these projects for which the invoices were created. Because if a project is there and the invoice has been created for that, and X number of hours has to be allocated to do a project, I can simply tag it and check out that if those number of hours has been given or someone is actually doing something else. This means that anyone in the company cannot work on a project which is not on the sheet, and so on and so forth. And then they started putting in the time sheets, and we again have more and more control over what is being entered. Eventually, today, where we stand, we can actually calculate profitability of each and every project. We can calculate profitability of each and every individual, and we can calculate profitability of each and every client. This means that if any of these three elements are going wrong, and it's consistently wrong, we can just change that, or we can fix that. And that has been very, very essential for us, where our margins have improved, and we have been able to prove the capability of this in two acquisitions. So we made two major acquisitions in the last two years. I will not say actually major because these are small ones, but we were trying out our systems on them. And when we tried our system on them, we were able to turn around both the companies from a loss-making entity to a profit-making entity within six months' time. So this is what was the power of the system that we built. Third was that there was a, we had to plug the leaking bucket to customer success management. Because customers were coming in and they were not being looked after and they were going out. So we were just trying us for one project or two projects and it was not really lasting long. So we were actually feeding into the company where only customers were in the credit and they were not happy at one point of time. And within three, four, six or six projects, they would leave the company. So we created a complete layer of customer success managers who were actually customers representatives within the company. And what they did was basically make sure that the customer had a totally different level of experience with us. Last, uh, to, was the more important area that we did was, at seven point of time in 2012, we had around 500 concurrent clients, which were served by around 400 people. This means each individual was actually serving more than one person. Uh, if we can fraction out people, it's 1.25 people. So 1.25 clients were served by each individual, right? Out, and, and you have to understand there is obviously a, over, a, 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 a management team which is around 60 people. So in fact, one developer or one designer was helping and working with all the two clients. And this is not an ideal situation to have. Because, Abhishek, I'm yeah. going to have to interrupt you a little bit because we're getting complaints in the public chat about the sound quality. So let me help you, uh, you know, shepherd the presentation at this point. I think the main thing to learn from this story is how Abhishek moved the company from being a commodity vendor full of operational risks and operational problems, bad debt, and so on and so forth, and get to a company that had actual IP and based on which he created differentiation and steered the company to be a much higher value, higher 
defensibility company. So, um, Abhishek, let me ask you to yeah. highlight what was your choice in terms of positioning. So, this is your next slide. What did you decide to yeah. do in terms of specialized IP creation? Sure. So what we did were two two important things were done. Number one is that we realized that there are either very large companies in the ecosystem which people can hire, but they are very expensive. And more more problematic than expensive is those companies who are not agile enough, and they were themselves struggling on the digital side. And on the other side, they had very, very small companies whom they cannot trust for a long term association. So we positioned ourselves in that sweet spot that you are working with a company which is not going out of business anytime soon, has been around for 15 years can do your work in agile fashion, and we understand digital in and out. And what we started doing was ensuring that all the capabilities we had, we, we uh, put them in together in another one single umbrella so that the client does not have to go to five different vendors to get a project done. Because digital is a subject which needs multiple capabilities under one place or in under one group. But your real positioning, a lot of companies are missing. The real positioning yeah. win that you uh, was to find the concentration in banking and insurance. Of course, yeah. So I'm just coming to that. And the next big change that we did was we understood that we have to be domain expert. We just cannot be the development company, even if we are positioning ourselves in the sweet spot of a mid-tier company. So what we did was we started pushing ourselves into banking and insurance. We started doing insurance work, uh, started building the capabilities, uh, started to offer our services on uh, a different pricing model altogether where we would share revenue instead of just uh, a fixed fee. And that started working out. We got one insurance client, second one, third one. Today we have got 11 insurance companies with us. Today we have got four banks with us. And with all these banks and insurance companies with us, we have a steady stream of revenue and a short stream of revenue. Uh, we have got three-year contracts to five-year contracts from all these major clients. And guys are happy because we can compete for talent from the best of the breed of the companies. And we can then give them a run for their money in terms of competing for new contracts. And you know what I find really interesting in this story is uh, how for, for a long time, Abhishek's company had lots of clients and lots of small clients. And there were risks with those clients, there were payment risks, collections risks, all kinds of things. And then this, this positioning shift that you made into banking and insurance and this concentrated going after larger companies and so forth gave you an opportunity to do, to do a bunch of different things. One is concentrate the client base into a, a set of high value clients who were reliable, and then you started developing intellectual property in the banking and insurance space, in insurance technology yeah. in particular, that you were able to reuse and get leverage out of. So, so what you see here is the movement of a company from an undifferentiated services company to a more differentiated company with core competency in a specific area with intellectual property and so forth. And that transformation, it's not an easy transformation. It's a difficult transformation, but you have successfully made this transformation. And there is something to mm -hmm. learn because, you know, I am always amazed at how many, you know, software services companies are out there. So many entrepreneurs start off life just by doing projects for other people. And, and you know, in a relatively commodity way without any core positioning. 
And in a way, you started mm-hmm. there as well, but you learned, you kind of maneuvered your way, and you have found a sweet spot where intellectual property is part of your differentiation. And that is something I wanted to highlight in today's you know, showcase presentation of our 400th roundtable. So congratulations on achieving that, Abhishek, and I know you run a very large workforce company, so there's a lot of people who are (laughs) dependent on your leadership and your strategic maneuvering for their livelihood. And, And that's, again, another thing that is very important that entrepreneurs do is you, you and we are all responsible for other people's livelihoods. And um, this is another reason why I started One Million by One Million and uh, wanted to support entrepreneurs who are going to be the pillars of the economic pyramid, right? And we have created Mm -hmm. a society where fortune is accumulating at the tip of the pyramid. So it's really important to support the the entrepreneurs who are in the middle of the pyramid, who are not running billion-dollar companies, who are running these million, mm-hmm. two million, five million, ten million, fifty million-dollar companies that really constitute the solid economic middle of the pyramid. And and the case study mm-hmm. that we are talking about right now, Abhishek's case study, is a classic takes textbook example of one where a company that was perhaps a bit more fragile in the early days has become a lot more robust and a lot more differentiated through this journey. Don't you agree, Abhishek? That's a... Uh, yeah, absolutely, Samana. So, yeah, so it has been a learning, and I think uh, what we did majorly was apply the learning uh, and also get a lot of focus because I remember my call with you, I think, almost five years back, uh, and uh, when you said that, Abhishek, I don't see any very serious positioning here. And I think you were right. And uh, eventually we learned it the hard way. We positioned ourselves after uh, we figured out uh, that we have to uh, differentiate ourselves. We have to get in the right position uh, to be identified. And for, and we have to focus. We cannot just do everything. And uh, what my thought to, to fulfill my desire to do everything, the thing I started doing was to start acquiring small companies and then mentor those entrepreneurs to create what I call a network of capabilities instead of just uh, a capability that the company has. 